You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. I'm here with Paul. Hey, Paul, how's it going? Hello, dear. I'm doing absolutely magnificent. How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. Uh, kind of tired. I was up at about six o'clock in the morning and right now it is after nine my time. So I'm almost ready to uh, gear up for the evening life right now. I think I'm probably still a few hours away from bed. Uh, what about you? Were you up early this morning or were you up late in the afternoon? Oh, yes. No, absolutely not. I, I, I was not up early. I haven't been up early in, in many a years. It's, I don't like it. I, I know it's time to go to bed at like 4 a.m. because I hear them bloody birds outside and they give me anxiety. They're like, the sun's coming. The sun's coming. I'm like, fuck off, mate. It's like, I'm really stressing me out right now. I'd hate trying to fall asleep when the sun's coming up. But, um, anyway, yeah, no. <laughs> Winter time's a good time for you then because there's much less sun, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. My attitude towards the sun is, is quite gothic, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very traditional among gothic type people, so I can respect that. But, you know, we're <laughs> not here to talk about that today. Uh, we're here to chat a little <laughs> bit about something you might have used. I've certainly used it. Have you used it, Paul? Yes, I, I, I'm like a recovering addict. I, I, feel <laughs> like, I feel like I'm addicted to them and I don't want to be. <laughs> I've changed how I've used it over the years. I've I've used it in all different ways. And what we're talking about tonight is, Paul. Hint books and walkthroughs <laughs> and the like. I tried to build it up there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's exciting. You know, I didn't have a hint book, Paul, for a really long time. I started out actually uh, using my brain and trying to figure out these games. Uh, did you get hint books early on? Because you're a little bit younger. I thought maybe perhaps you might have uh, encountered them earlier in your gameplay. Yeah, I, I don't really have many memories of them growing up. Like, I, I know we had them because I remember specifically the, the LucasArts red film thing that you hold up. It's like a monocle, but it's red. Um, so they, they existed in the household with them squiggly red, you know, lines or font or whatever all over the place. But I, I don't, I don't remember leaning on them too hard when I was older. It really wasn't, in, or younger, sorry. It wasn't until the, the bloody internet came about that it became a real, real problem in my life and you know i'm happy to say i'm about 12 days clean from the last time i've used to walk through <laughs> but i i just i hate how uh, well it's a love-hate sort of situation but i sometimes despise how easy it is to take to take the easy way out because of Google. i make promises with myself i'm like okay you can't I know yeah. you've played this game before, okay? You can't look at a hint book because you know what to do and you have to like not know what to do for X amount of time before you're allowed to look up a hint. Because seriously, how easy is it? Yes, exactly. And I do the same thing. I make negotiations and bargains with myself. And I always tell myself, like, you know, what's what's the bloody point of doing this if you're just going to have somebody walk you through <laughs> and it? sometimes like, I'm like, oh, man, I just want to watch this like it's a movie. So I'm going to look up the walkthrough so that I can kind of see the game and not just watch somebody else play it like on YouTube, like a playthrough. Because uh, that I like those too. If I really need to. Oh, actually, that leads me to a good question. 
Have you ever used a YouTube walkthrough as a hint book? No, actually, that I've not done. I, I tried to just very recently, but I, I became quickly just very impatient with it. You know, like <laughs> double tap in the screen to skip ahead, and then you skip ahead past the one second you needed to see. And yeah, that's all a bit much. So I, I'll do the old school read along sort of thing. Yeah, I do keyword search. I'm just like, forget it. I'm not even going to like read through the paragraph to figure where I'm at. I'm just going to, and you know, that's kind of what old hint books were. They were like, you could read through to find where you needed to be. You could uh, take your scanner and look up, how do you get into the car? And then it'll give you a little hint, like walk around, see what you can do. <laughs> And then you had to figure yeah. it out from there. Yeah, the and then, or you could take it to the next level. Yeah, exactly. You know, I respect them, the old hymn books for that, that attitude. But they're like, we're not going to bloody, you know, spoon feed it to you, mate. You got to have some, some try in you. And, and I like that. And, and actually, one thing I'll just point out to, to listeners now that I'm keeping in my pocket. And honestly, for like the last year and a half, I've been meaning to do a, even a post about it in our, in our classic gamers guild. Um, but I always forget to. So here it is this wonderful website. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it. Maybe you too, Anna, you can tell me. It's it's been around for like 25 years um, online and such. It used to be a program you could buy, um, and now it's free, at least on mobile. But it's called UHS, or the Universal Hint System. And it's still rocking that site. Yeah, I just used it recently. It's it's bloody brilliant. Like, I had, I had only rediscovered it, like, a year ago or so. And, and I, I wish I knew about it right off the bat, because it is, it is really, like rescued the experience for me so many times since I've known it because uh, and, and here's something we could kind of tuck into a bit one of the issues I, I have when I get stuck in games a lot of times it's not really so much the puzzle it's not so much you know how to solve something but when I get stuck I find that eight out of ten times I get stuck because I don't know what I'm supposed to do so with with universal hint system a lot of times just seeing the questions without even the answers is enough for me because they'll be like you know I, I'm stuck because I can't you know get past the blah 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 and I'm like oh bloody I'm supposed to get past that thing okay so now I'll work on that and a lot of times I can but but anyway I really like it because it's you know it just gives you hints it gives you nudges and for anyone listen that hasn't uh, had experience with with UHS or Universal Hint System it's it's you know per per problem they give you like seven or eight breadcrumbs and the first one will be like you know help I, I can't get past this bloody Nazi guy I, I last used it for Indiana Jones and so the first one will be like well have you you know have you checked the newspaper I, I don't know it just it just very gently nudges you and nudges you and finally by the seventh or eighth one it's just like look it's under the bloody you know blanket in, in the storage room whatever um, so I really like that it rescues the experience instead of just telling you what to do and exactly. and that's really good it's, yeah it's kind of like old school hymn books yeah, it copies the format. Exactly. That's the first thing I found when I got the internet and I was looking up hints probably too quickly in a game <laughs> and found out that that's one of the great things the internet was for. Uh, there's porn and there's hints, right? I mean, what else, especially during the early days, could you use the internet for? Email, right? I get it. But seriously. <laughs> Yeah, they're neck and neck for for the two most <laughs> valuable pieces of the internet. Absolutely. <laughs> Our listeners would agree, I'm confident. That, that's how you're a hedonistic gamer, right? That's, that's a thing. <laughs> it is now, anyways. Yeah, or at least a Larry fan, one of the two. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
That's true. I'm both of those, that's for sure. And you know, <laughs> I finished the first Larry without a hint book, but I used my father unscrupulously, for example, to get me into the games and how to figure anything out. I, I remember writing down the problems I had and he'd tell me things like, just go to bed and go to sleep and think on it and then work on it and do it for like 30 minutes, even if you don't accomplish anything, then leave it alone for like another 30 minutes. So he would teach me all these strategies because he was big into philosophy and all of those things. So I would take his strategies and it helped me complete that game and it helped me complete King's Quest IV, albeit I mentioned on another episode, it took me a year and two months. And I was so disappointed because, okay, I don't know if your version has a little sticker. It's like, win a trip to England. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Mine does, and if you finish it within a certain amount of time after playing it, and if you have a perfect score, which I also didn't get, probably because I didn't use a hint of any sort, uh, then you could potentially win a, a trip to England and I think something signed by Roberta Williams or something. So that was my motivation. So I was happy to have finished it anyways, and I was quite proud of myself, but I didn't win any prizes. Oh, so you had jubilation peppered with heavy doses of disappointment. <laughs> Thankfully, I got more games. Uh, I think the next one I got after that was uh, probably Space Quest 4, because that was around 91 or something, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and Yeah, and then the Quest for Glory series came in shortly thereafter. So I was a pretty happy count camper by that time. And it's funny you mentioned, you know, having, or it took me a year and a half, et cetera. I mean, that's, we're all spoiled with, with, you know, our, our, our potentially large, you know, Steam libraries or, or whatever the case is. So it's, it's really, I, I find it, I've been recently trying to get through King's Quest three, which is just a great classic example of just a bloody difficult classic Sierra AGI parser sort of situation where it's just, Unless, unless you, unless you have a year or so to get through it on your own, it's the discipline it requires to get through that sort of game without, without a hint or, or even like this game is, this game is hard with a walkthrough, basically. <laughs> like I've, I've, I've dabbled with the walk. I'm trying to do the most I can on my own, but like the, it, there's time sequences in the beginning and, you know, came to the point where I did, I did jump online. I was using universal hint system at first, but even the hints were out of reach because it's like, well, you know, how do I get past so and so? I'm like, how do I get out of the house? Like, I'm not, I'm nowhere near even the the first you know piece of advice this hint could give me. I'm so bloody lost right now. Um, and it's it just, yeah, I I know we've said it before on previous casts, but it's it's just a testament that these games were were designed to to have attention paid to them. And I know Roberta Williams had said that you know on her influence for making King's Quest One, a lot of it was like Colossal Cave Adventure or whatever, and she she loved that it took so long that, that it took her years and made made a, a perhaps joke about ignoring her children i don't think it was a joke <laughs> and um and just you know writing things down and basically she was enamored with the fact that it it just it took you know a year of your life to solve and you know hearing that from the developer of these games we love is like shit like i'm not sure i'm not sure i love that it might take me a year to solve this game i bloody 
you know, I've got a lot of things I want to try and play, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a bloody walkthrough here. Well, they were an older generation than us. I think some of the games that they played once games came out were in some ways really tough for sure and time consuming. And when they're trying to base their game upon it, but make it more complex, I can see why they would take it in some of those directions for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I guess to, to kind of round off my thought, it's like if... If, if it wasn't for the fact that I had this this daunting list of, of games that I should be playing and want to play and, and things like that, it would help a lot to be like, you know, wh what's the hurry, mate? You've got nowhere to go, nowhere to be, nothing to do except for to get through King's Quest three in a bit of a saunter, just enjoy it. But in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, but I... I really, you know, I really want to play, you know, I don't know, Police Quest 3 and God, you know, I want to cover some non-Sierra LucasArts games for the podcast. And, you know, there's all these <laughs> things going through my head where it's like, all right, maybe, maybe it's time to just get through the game because I don't want to walk away from it. So I'll definitely use a walkthrough before I walk away. Are you the same? Well, yeah, I mean, for sure. And I will say that I did not play King's Quest 1, 2 or 3 until after I had completed 4, 5 and 6. And Oh, I'll admit it, they intimidated me because the game would keep going after you type, which I've mentioned before. So I got Korish's Computer Games Guide, which is hints, tips, and pokes for your favorite computer or console. And uh, I still have my copy of it today, but it has these brick-like walkthroughs, okay? I'm talking a wall of text. So for like King's Quest 1, for example, it has maybe two-thirds of a page of a wall of text. There's no paragraphs. It just, every sentence runs into the next sentence, and that's how it is for the whole game from beginning to end. So I would use a sticky note to keep my place so that I knew where I was in the game. And then King's Quest 2 would take like a page and a half, and King's Quest 3 would take like two pages because it's a big game and there's lots to think of. But it was, <laughs> it was tricky, but it was the first real hint book I had ever gotten outside of a, a hint book that came with Freddy Farkas, Frontier Pharmacist, which is a great point and click adventure game by Al Lowe and Josh Mandel. It came along later on though. Yeah. And you speaking of me rushing through, you know, potentially like King's Quest, it's to get to games like Freddy, which I, I hear nothing but great things about. And because of Josh and, and Al, I really want to play them badly. Um, mm -hmm. And by the way, with your hint book thing, it's, it's, I'm picturing like this biblical type document with like thin rice paper and tiny font. Is it like that? Yeah, it's like that. It's uh, I'll send a picture, put it up later in the post when we put up a post about this uh, online. It's a great sort of, it's white and it's medium size. It's the third edition, but I tell you, I have never seen nor heard of a first or third edition. If To me, I think they just went right out into the third edition. Please, if somebody has something else, tell me because I can't seem to find anything anywhere. But they, that's it. Yeah. And the pages are really thin. There's a couple hundred pages and it's just brick walls of text. And it's got everything from Police Quest 3, I think I remember, uh, King's Quest 5, uh, Civilization. It's got everything covered. And it has Gold Rush, which I made a meme about and posted in our group Retro Gaming Memes. Super funny group. And it... Uh, shows one paragraph saying, if you want to take the Savannah route, you're on your own. I haven't done that yet. It's the only time in the whole book that the guy breaks the fourth wall and says, shit, I just can't help you on this one. <laughs> He's like, my, my kids have, have slipped through my fingers and gone to college. My life has passed by me. I, I just can't do this anymore. Yeah, just fuck it. <laughs> 
I'm putting this book out if I don't, because I'm never going to put this book out if I got to put that in there and nobody else has done it that I can talk to. Because this is, I don't know when it came out. It came out in the 90s. What is Police Quest uh, 3? When did that come out? And Civilization 1. I could actually probably use the old Google for that one, eh? Oh, I'd, I'm going to guess uh, 92-ish. Mm-hmm. Heavy on the ish. I'm repeating ish. that over and over to give you time to Google. Uh, right, to make it right. seem like you're not really Googling it, but maybe you are. <laughs> 1991, yeah, so that nice, works. Okay. Cool. Heavy on the ish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you you had mentioned uh, that, that Freddie was a point and click, and just, just that keyword got, got me thinking. What are your thoughts on walkthroughs when it comes to parser games versus point and click? I think they're a hell of a lot more necessary as far as phrasing and what questions to ask if you're not taking proper notes on a parser game, for sure. Uh, I think on a point-and-click game, though, it's helpful for, well, going back to Freddie Farkas, when you're, like, mixing up the uh, pharmaceutical stuff. Uh, I know it's, like, there's stuff in the guide and you can look it up and there's copyright stuff, but I, I found that game a little bit challenging, what to mix and when and some of the sourcing. So I, I do remember that game, I got a used version and it came with a hint book and I peeked into it uh, more times than I should have. So I can't say you don't need it for a point and click, but I didn't use one for Day of the Tentacle and I didn't use one for any of the Monkey Island games. Like I didn't find them super duper challenging. I definitely didn't use one for Grim Fandango. That, that's interesting. So, so I'm obviously picking up on a, on a trend there with, with some of the LucasArts games. Do you think, do you think they were necessarily like easier games or, or just like I was saying earlier, my biggest problem, I think, with getting stuck in adventure games is not knowing what to do next, which is why mm-hmm. I, I do find parser games more difficult or, or I'll, I'll tend to lean more on hints or walkthroughs of parser games because I, mm-hmm. I don't feel kind of, as nudged in the direction I'm supposed to be going in with parser exactly. games. Like I can just be standing in a room like, I don't even know what to type right now, let alone. Exactly. How am I know, supposed to know or, what the developer's thinking? And meanwhile, they're just like, we need to like make sure they know what we're thinking and we know what they're thinking, right? I mean, there was a lot of thought put into that in parser yes. games. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what to say, let alone let alone worrying about how to phrase it yet or anything like that. That's yeah. the whole other thing. You're but. like, ask about man. I don't understand the word ask. Tell about man. Tell is not a word that I understand, but I really need, you know it's like a plot point. You know you need to find out about this man. You just need to figure out the right way to put it. So, of course, you get out the book, and the book that it comes with will have a list of verbs and nouns that the game finds acceptable. So what I would do is I would just run through the list and figure out which one would take it, but combine it with man. And usually that was pretty good to get me through stuff without a hint book. That's a good technique. I, I, might, I might try and adopt that. And actually, I'll share one too, too that, that helps a lot. If, if you're you know, if you're pretty determined to, to approach a game, especially an older Sierra game, and you don't want to use a walkthrough, one, one trick I've been employing is to I just Google, um, again, using my last example, it was King's Quest 3, so I'll just Google King's Quest 3 dead ends, and, and it usually brings me to like a fandom page, um, and, and it'll tell me all the dead ends in that game. So I find that the, that with the universal hint system is, is a good way to do as much of the game as you possibly can on your own, with a chance, with mm-hmm. accessibility, you know, without using a walkthrough, because 
you kind of with those early Sierra games, sometimes not even early, but with a lot of the Sierra games, it's it's bloody crucial. You know what the, the dead ends are because it's like you know I I I don't want any help, but I also don't want to you know have to start the game all the way over again. Yeah, definitely. The King's Quest Three is a culprit in that. Yeah, basically all all, all the AGI games in general. Um, <laughs> one one kind of uh, random fun fact, taking taking a, a brief detour from from the actual subject, was I learned recently that um, and and this was a shock to me that. The um, the limited vocabulary in the parser games was was actually not really intentional. Like they they were aware that that there wasn't perhaps as much wording as we would have all liked. But I guess the the wording that you could use in the parser resides in or at least takes up like a bunch of memory. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing because it has to be you know quick call on de- on demand very quickly. So so perhaps it's I don't know how that stuff works. I won't pretend to. But the point is is like they they were very limited on how many words they could include in a game because of memory limitations back in the day. Mm-hmm. I guess that was their reasoning as to why um there wasn't the ability to to phrase things as we probably would you know like or we scream like oh my god why doesn't he understand you know this slight variation of words and I guess they had a real limited memory which is also kind of funny because especially in like the Space Quest games they, they, they did reserve if memory was that tight and so precious I, I love and respect them for reserving a good 10 vocabulary words just just for curse words you know they make sure <laughs> you have to test it's, it in every single game you got to start easy and then work your way into the good stuff and it's so exciting when you get a real response Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like in King's Quest Three, I, I mm-hmm. promise I wouldn't do this in real life, and I'm not a bad person, I don't think. But I did walk up to the cat and typed in "kick cat," and it of worked. Course. I'm like, oh of my course. god! Yes. And then I and then I called I called them the monsters. I'm like, oh my god, bad form, Sierra. How could you let me do that? That thing I asked <laughs> exactly. you to do. <laughs> exactly, not appropriate, Sierra. That's yeah, animal abuse. I hope no animals were hurt in the making of this game. Sheesh. <laughs> I'm the victim here, really. Yeah, but seeing some of the memes of uh, the wizard lately and stuff uh, of of Menonanun, he uh, he he's yeah. also he he deserves whatever he gets, I guess. At this point, he he hasn't gotten himself quite a good reputation as being a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same same with his uh, Azrael. I I don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> I'm not sure which came first, but one of them's a rip off of the other. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of you mentioning, Paul, way back earlier in the episode about games where you're like, I don't know where to go next, you know, taking it outside of the genre of classic games that are adventure based for a minute. I felt that way with uh, Final Fantasy VII, for example, or even like some of the Zelda games. It's like, how do you get every secret and know exactly where you're supposed to go and in what order to do it and properly enough knowing that you're never going to play the game? again if you don't get a prima guide or something just to like make that journey a little bit sweeter yeah yeah exactly it makes me wonder all the time how much of a like cavalier attitude am i supposed to have like you want me to just (laughs) walk around especially in the parts like just saying things to people and and, and inanimate objects until something reacts like i I don't know if I get stuck too inside of my head to to direct line thinking, but like, yeah, I, I often fear I'm just, I guess I'm not creative enough to to spark these chains. Zelda's a good example of that too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, or even The Sims. I went out and bought a book for Sims 2, and I got one for Sims 4 because, you know what, there's a lot, a lot of detail. They put so much thought and effort into those games, and without having a prima guide, so it's not a hint book, right? I mean, you guys know what those are like now. It's not what we used to have with the the markers that were yellow that you could color over the words, but still, it would walk you through everything and give you the book-style format of what really potentially could have been in the instruction booklet in the first game or at least a good portion of it but we did away with those a while ago yeah yeah in a, in a, in a cruel twist of fate most of those them the books that relied on markers like didn't age well so if you mm-hmm. find them like used on ebay if somebody scraped across it with the marker it's just permanently gone it's like forever empty just asking questions to which they have no <laughs> answers for like we couldn't I have do that one ourselves. coming to me right now it's the one for uh Infocom, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a friend in the big box PC collector's group uh, had it up. So I have the game box and I have all the little goodies like the I have the shades and I have the belly button lint and the, the little plastic baggie with nothing in it and the little don't panic pin, but I don't have the the disc, but I'm about to have the book partially used with the yellow marker, but still in its original packaging, although obviously not sealed. So almost a complete collection. Well, that's nice too. Yeah, <laughs> just just recently have, have sparked a, a, an admiration for for the Infocom games. What were they called? They they had like a trademark name, like like it wasn't Info Clues. The word clue was was hidden in the word. Oh, it's called uh, InvisiClues. Oh, I have thank a you. Few of All them right, here. good job. And that was some very covert Googling. I didn't even hear your keyboard. Well done. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to getting it, even if it's partially markered. But most of the ones that I have here, and I have a lot of uh, hint books, actually, but most of the ones that I have here are with the uh, the little red window doohickey, and then you could just go step by step and reveal the words. So the one that I have at home is the uh, InvisiClues, which come with the uh, the red rectangular window that you mentioned earlier. And, and as you said, they do with the UHS hints, they go step by step. You don't have to jump right into the cold hard facts. You can take it slow. Only reveal what you yes, want. Yes, yeah, that, that's, that's the bloody way to do it. And I, I think it took me so long to, to discover UHS because I, I my my Googling of, of, of situate or solutions was always I, I I always just use the word walkthrough, like you know, you know, f- feed me walkthrough, basically, and until I guess one day I finally maybe switched up, where I was like, hey, you know, give me a hint, you know, just just a just a nice friend zoned hint, you know, nothing nothing, you know, heavy hitting or, or crazy like that, and, and that's when I finally found it, but. Well, but, um, to head back to where we were talking about, but before, before, you were mentioning games that were really great to play through without any sort of a walkthrough and full throttle. Uh, in the LucasArts series, I know it's it's a fast game, but it's definitely a game that you can just get through because it's almost self-explanatory all the way through. Yes, that, that's a great example. And it's funny you mentioned Full Throttle for for it being notoriously kind of short, right? One of the things it's criticized for more, more than anything. But also, I agree with you that it is, it's completely achievable without a walkthrough. And to me, it was, I, I didn't think it was a short game. I, it just, it took me forever to get through it because I, it was just, just accessible, just, just, a, a, it was something I was able to accomplish without a walkthrough, but just barely. So therefore, it took me a long time and just, one of them games makes me look in the mirror and be like, you know, are, are you that shite at video games? Like, it, 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 was this a short game to the average user without a walkthrough? 
Yeah, it's not till later on that I learned people thought I was short. I didn't notice a lot of the criticisms like, oh, I don't like Cedric. Oh, I'm like, what's wrong with him? He's an owl and he followed you around most of the time. That was cool. So I'm like, oh, it was a short game, right? And then I think back and I'm like, maybe. And I played it again. And I guess, yeah, if you're like playing it again and kind of just quickly going through it, it's short compared to especially a lot of the games out there now where they're like, oh, 800 hours of gameplay. And I'm like, I'm not going to end up playing that. Yeah. And that's a really good point because that discourages me from playing a lot of these you know, modern titles when they're like, you know, we, we've got over, you know, Skyrim's 300 bloody hours of gameplay or, or even 60 plus hours. I'm like, I, I'm not investing that, mate. Like, I, I'd, I'd like to finish the games I start, like uh, being, having that adventure game thing at my core. Like, I'm, I know that I've got to get through the story if I like the game. So if I hear it's going to take 60 or 300 hours of my life, like that talks me out of it. And then other people are like, oh, it's bang for the buck. I'm like, you know, bloody, you know, quality over quantity, I guess. Well, I remember looking at the back of a game like Quest for Glory 5 and they're like over 25 hours of original gameplay and, and you're just like, what? Oh my god, seriously, these games are huge. And of course, the team on that game numbered and I think I was on a stream the other day and the Coles were talking about uh, the lockdown con. They were talking about uh, the team that they had on Quest for Glory 5 and it was about 2,800. Oh my god. I had no idea. Yeah, that's, I even, I, I even I typed it back and said, did I hear that number correctly? What the heck, guys? Yeah, I didn't think anything that came came out of Sierra, even in the latter days, would have would have had crews that large. Good God. Mm-hmm. Well, you brought up a kind of a, a, a good focal point for us. Um, what else, as far as, like, if, if somebody out there listening is like, you know, I, I just, I like using walkthroughs, blah, 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 but, it, you know, perhaps I'd like to, to give it a go without one. What are, what are some very, like, accessible forgiving or, or, or let's just say accessible but but games that, that you the average user can get through without a walkthrough so like even if the person listening is is a bloody addicted to walkthroughs but they really want to give it a try what's a good a good game to say look you, you can definitely do this we believe in you this ain't this ain't like the most difficult you know game in the world not a lot of moon logic what, what are some great titles for people to try out to to not use a walkthrough with if starting at classic games and maybe working our way a bit more modern, I think that Day of the Tentacle, the remake, is very accessible and it's very pretty. I think that, uh, yeah, that that's probably uh, my first option on the list. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a, uh, I I play that game a lot. It's it's one of the two games I, I force my my young son to play with me. Um, and yeah, I'm just kind of combing over over the little puzzles. And, and you're right, I, I don't think there was ever a point that, that it really requires a walkthrough. It's definitely pretty forgiving. Yeah. Um, and on that same line, you could probably throw uh, another game that's been remade, Grim Fandango, on the list because I didn't need a walkthrough for it. And it, it's a very good game. And, and I hate to admit it, but that's that's one I've still bloody got to play. Another mm-hmm. reason to just use a walkthrough on King's Quest Three and get through this thing. <laughs> yeah, you like, might have to get that UHS hints loaded up. What about you? There must be a few games that you finished uh, that that seem like a lot of the games I didn't use a walkthrough. Now I I don't think I could recommend <laughs> to other people. Like okay, Colonel's Bequest. I played that and I didn't use a walkthrough, but I also didn't do very well. So maybe don't follow my advice <laughs> and use a right, walkthrough. Right. 
Well, and well, that's a great point too, because yeah, I guess for for the sake of of our of of us trying to I don't know do a suggestion, uh, we we're, we're definitely omitting things that that was back in the day and we spent a year on things like that. So so I guess the, like day of the technical and examples we're giving to to everyone listening is is things things you could play within you know a, a, a couple of days or slash a couple of weeks, a realistic amount of time, let's say. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. Like, like Dagger of Amon Ra, I got through without one, but that took a bloody long time. So, so for games that, that it's, it's more of a saunter, more just a breeze through it and you can enjoy it. I would say, um, on the classic end, I would say Gabriel Knight 2, A Beast Within. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, it's so linear because of the FMV aspect of it ridiculously enjoyable i bloody love that game i just just played it for the first time very recently and and just you know not that i was at any risk of falling out of love with adventure games i I love them to death but it made me almost feel like you know falling in love again for the first time i'm like just just this is why i love this kind of stuff is what that game done to me i was like this is just such an amazing experience but yeah i think because of how linear it is there's not a lot of, you know, my, my brain can't handle multiple characters and each character can do a different thing. Like that, that's, that's going to be harder for me to get through. So I would say, I would mm-hmm. say Gabriel Knight Beast Within is, is a great game to, to really give an honest go without a walkthrough. That, that, that's a really good suggestion. Yeah. And those games are fun. I, okay. I was super impressed by them at the time. I think the first one sort of FMV style that I played was the, uh, over a Killing Moon, the Tex Murphy game. I was like, Me too. whoa, this looks yeah. like real people and it's sassy. <laughs> I'm in love because <laughs> it was like sassy, like Space Quest, but detective and all film noir. And it was just so much fun. Yes. Yeah. Same here. That was my first experience with it. Yeah. Really, really did feel like interactive movie, like how they marketed it. Such a good game. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say, uh, having not played, having no real nostalgia for Gabriel Knight 2 and, and just playing it a few weeks ago, I can say it holds up bloody well. Uh, like, mm-hmm. like the whole time I was playing, I was like, Dean Erickson's a bloody great actor. Like it was really <laughs> good. I mean, mm-hmm. and you, you've got, you've got to bear in mind too, it's, it's probably the most difficult situation to put an actor in. Because it just lends itself to awkwardness and awkward silences and weird pauses for your interaction. It's, it's, it's. I think almost impossible to do a hundred percent perfectly. But all that mm-hmm. considered, I was like, I, I believe that he's Gabriel Knight right now. Like this is, this is great. And and Grace too. She done it. She done a great job. Joanne, something. So yeah, th- there must be more modern games that uh, that we can play. I mean, I could jump in there and say, oh yeah, Stardew Valley, because I've never needed a hint book. But you know what? That's wrong, because I ordered the Stardew Valley guide because I wanted to know which crop was most profitable in which season and which gift to give people. Uh, and I wanted it in a book. So I ordered it and luckily I got a signed copy. It was signed by Carrie Fry, who made the book, as well as uh, Concerned Ape that made the game. So... Uh, I can't. What about you? Do you know any modern games that would work without a hint book? Yeah, my bloody poster child for for I think this whole whole conversation or, or whole topic, sorry, subtopic. Speaking of, would be uh would be Thimbleweed Park. Everything mm-hmm, from its call. soundtrack and and story to the fact that it was just extremely intuitive. I I would say, uh, you know, obviously there's a, a slight limitation, right? Because you don't want it to be like spelled out for you. There's got to be a little bit of a challenge so you feel that kind of dopamine kick of, of of completing a puzzle correctly so it's it's not so easy that it's lacking but it was just that that very rare perfect balance to me in an adventure game where it's it's just you know it's a little difficult but not to the point of a walkthrough mm-hmm. and um yeah that that would be one where i could see you could definitely get through it like when i when i first got that game you know i had backed it i was so excited for it and and i 
told myself like but play it the day it comes out not only for your own excitement but also i know myself and what little crackhead i turn into with walkthroughs so i'm like play it play it immediately because then there nobody will have had time to put a walkthrough out yet so so mm -hmm. I, my my idea was like just play it so quickly that that you won't even have that temptation and and it kind of worked i i i'm not even sure i stopped to to google if there was one i just assumed day one there wouldn't be one but yeah mm -hmm. anyway that's that's an extremely kind of intuitive accessible game that you could get through that's too and it was fun it kept you going you switched between characters yes definitely not and not in like a overwhelming way i i guess really I had mentioned earlier that switching characters really throws me off or confuses me. Not that I don't mm -hmm. like it because I do, but, but really Day of the Technical, you switch characters and that's, that's mm -hmm. very achievable. I, I guess I'm really just thinking of Maniac Mansion, which for me, I, I was not able to get through, uh, with, that's without some help at all. Yeah. You need to like, it's like those charts. You have to like make everything match everything else and connect everybody up to what they did. And it was a, it was a lot of thinking as I'm sitting there with like notepads and pencils next to the computer right. thinking, am I actually playing a game or this yeah. looks an awful lot like work? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great point. Same with like the Infocom games, you know, they, they were enhanced by the fact that, that you kind of map out your surroundings and it did make it more mm. enjoyable to a degree, but it was also just not something we really think to do anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I know uh, one of my favorite uh, hint books is the Quest for Glory Authorized Strategy Guide, and I didn't have it when I played through the Quest for Glory games. I completed all of them without a hint book, all the way through, without full points, and missing all sorts of things, like how early you could join WIT and, and do other things. I, I missed huge portions of the game, but I certainly played through all of them many times, and I'm still discovering new things all the time. But I got the Quest for Glory guide, and it's got, uh, I guess, the whole story, but from the point of view of Devon. So it's kind of a neat way to uh, to phrase a hint book. Yeah, what I always found unique about the the Quest for Glory one was that I don't want to pluralize that because I'm not sure if any of any of the other ones done that, but it, that it did include. It was kind of like its own little tiny piece of canon because it, it had its own official um, narration, if you will. It's its own way. It, its own little exclusive content, I guess is what I'm trying to say, that, that did kind of go along with the game and its lore in, in the form of a hint book. So that was kind of cool. It was a way to get like an extended piece of that universe from within the hint book instead of like just the facts, just the answers. Exactly. Just like the official book of Larry did. They did the same thing. They interviewed the author and other people in the book and, uh, and it ended up creating sort of a, a pre-prima guide as such, but but in a story style, which to be honest, as far as a hint book goes, I'm not a huge fan of. Like, I like to read them like a book, but that's about it. All right. Well, let's see. Um, I'm, I'm going to give a last thought and then pass it over to you for last thoughts. I just wanted to add to our little list of uh, games that you could get through, but on, on the modern classic side, you know, more recent games that are in a classic style. Um, and by that, a lot of people can see this coming. It's mostly just Wadger Eye games I wanted to shout out to, specifically Blackwell Legacy. I think that's that's a game you could you could get through without without a hint book. Maybe mm -hmm. not super easy, but definitely achievable. Um really just just a lot of the, the Wadger Eye games. Um and then also uh Kathy Rain and Whispers of a Machine. They were also enjoyable experiences without one. So yeah, how about you? You got any final thoughts for us? Kathy Rain was a pretty good game, too. There was a lot of motorcycle riding back and forth, but I definitely think it's feasible for the average person. I, I think the point we've been trying to get at with this episode is not all games are super hard, and 
Even if you are not in for a challenge, you can play the super hard games thanks to websites like UHS Hints and your very own hint books and, and gosh, just about anywhere else on the internet. So I guess our real point is go out and play some games. Yeah, exactly. Don't <laughs> just, if you get crossed up on the very first thing in the game, remember you are supposed to do with thinking just a little one. <laughs> you might surprise yourself <laughs> as I did myself. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Come bloody join the discussion. Join our community. We are a, a group on Facebook. Just search Classic Gamers Guild on Facebook, right? Yeah, that's fine. And there's Instagram at CGG Podcast. We're on Twitter. Do us a tweet at the CG Guild. Um, we've also got a Patreon. Chuck us a bloody buck or so or whatever you feel like. If you want to, you know, no pressure. It's cool. And also a quick shout out to our extra special thanks tier over on Patreon. Uh, Jay Holmes, Jeffrey Couch, Mark Fillion. Bloody love you guys. Thank you so much for the support. We appreciate you and everybody else. And uh, I guess that's about it for me. Anna, would you like to add anything last? Don't do a murder. <laughs>